Hey everybody, it's Ian Reed Twist, the uh, pastor of Holy Cross Episcopal Church in Novi, Michigan. And uh, today's sermon was preached on November 10th. The passage was Luke 20, verses 27 through 38. As usual, I will read that passage first. It takes about a minute, so if you want to skip it, skip a minute ahead, and you'll be right near the beginning of the actual sermon. Okay, enjoy! A reading from Luke. Some Sadducees, those who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus and asked him a question. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no children, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers. The first married and died childless, then the second and the third married her, and so in the same way all seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, Those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die any more, because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection." And the fact that the dead are raised, Moses himself showed in the story about the bush, where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is God, not of the dead, but of the living. For to him, all of them are alive. I wrote a dad joke for you today. It's a bona fide original, fresh off the presses, never before cracked, except at 8 o'clock. You ready? Larry, you're going to love this one. (laughs) What do you call a couch potato who makes internet videos? A YouTuber. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of YouTubers, this past Thursday, my social work class was talking about how how to address a client's spiritual beliefs and needs. And in order to illustrate that a person could be spiritual without being religious, our professor showed a YouTube video. It featured an atheist talking about his spirituality, how he felt a sense of awe before the vastness of the night sky, how he felt grateful to be alive. No problem there. Tucked into the video, there were also a couple of lines proclaiming that religion serves, quote, only to prostitute the awe and mystery we all feel as humans by, quote, bottling our essence, bottling our essence, and trying to, quote, put a lid on the wonder we all feel. My classmates are mostly 20-somethings. And there was general agreement in the discussion afterwards that organized religion held little interest for their generation. One of them thanked the professor for emphasizing spirituality and not religiosity, as that made this student feel included. Another, also not religious, nonetheless criticized the video for being too harsh. She pointed out that some people do find their spirituality 
in churches? I would say it's not necessarily an either-or. For my part, though, I didn't know what to say. I felt this urge to defend the institution I serve from this YouTuber's breezy and shallow dismissal. Sure, the church throughout history has been rife with corruption and politics, but has it been any worse than any other institutions of, say, government or finance or medicine or charity? While we're on the subject, where would medicine and charity in Western societies be without organized religion? And yet I also understood the sentiment I was hearing from my classmates that they just felt there was nothing in it for them. That our religious institutions seem odd, archaic, and even irrelevant. This is in fact the very phrase, odd, archaic, and even irrelevant, that gospel commentator David Lowe's uses for the belief in a final judgment day that Jesus is defending in our passage from Luke. Some first century Jewish groups, Pharisees, Essenes, Jesus' crew, believed in this final judgment, which the church soon rebranded as Jesus' second coming. You can see that in Paul's words to the second letter to the Thessalonians today. Not so much the Sadducees. They didn't expect to be resurrected, which is maybe why they were sad, you see. <laughs> what can I say? I'm a dad with a dwindling home audience. I... <laughs> Seriously, though, I'm kind of with the Sadducees on this one. I mean, if the day of judgment makes sense to you, that's totally cool, no problem. But personally, I've always had trouble with this idea that there will come some moment in the future when we who were faithful in life will spring from our graves and occupy a new earth with Jesus and God and all the saints. It's a little too literal for me. It feels like one more among many ideas and traditions that make the church seem odd, archaic, and even irrelevant to my social work classmates. And yet, and yet, I still felt muzzled in that classroom and frustrated. I felt like our atheist YouTuber and my millennial classmates were missing something important. And I guess what it really comes down to for me is community. I've always sensed God's presence most powerfully in the interconnections among people. In fact, I first heard my own calling to ministry in the context of serving communion, of breaking bread and sharing wine in a circle together as Christians have done for 20 centuries. That's the difference between religion and spirituality as we tend to use these terms. Spirituality is mostly about the individual, the self and its interior experiences and its personal engagement with the world. That's why when speaking of their spirituality, so many people follow our YouTuber in referencing meditation or yoga or hikes in the woods. 
And all of that is vital. We need that for sure. But it doesn't necessarily ask much of us in relation to one another. It's a symptom of and not a challenge to the me-focused, hyper-individualized society that we live in. Religion, on the other hand, forces us to come together in community. Religion puts us with people we would probably not meet otherwise, people of different ages and classes and backgrounds, people we may not even like, and tells us to love one another. Religion cajoles and commands and inspires us to share our resources with others. In this sense, it is profoundly countercultural. It's messy and contentious, and when it goes wrong, it's deeply hurtful. But it says to us as we negotiate and irritate and tolerate each other, here is beauty, here is love, here is God. That's why I come to church. That's why I serve the church. Because it makes me a more generous person than I would be otherwise. Because it makes me accountable for what I say I'm about. Because it challenges me to embrace others in a way that being spiritual for all its benefits does not. That's what I would want to say to the classmates who are 20 plus years my junior. And, and I would want to share with them my experience of belonging to a generation that straddles this profound divide. Those that came before built institutions which helped our society to function, volunteer civic groups like Rotary and Kiwanis and the Scouts, institutions of public education and libraries, and of course, synagogues and mosques and churches. These have been far from perfect. They've done much to institutionalize oppression and division and to maintain a harmful status quo. And they have also knit the fabric of our life together. They've helped us to know our neighbors, made common cause between folks who disagree politically, strengthened our communal ties, linked us across generations. Those institutions are struggling now, I would say, including my beloved church. And I'm part of this bridging generation that's trying to rescue and transform them so that what is of value can be carried forward. Maybe it's a fool's errand. Maybe, I would say to my millennial colleagues, your generation will decide to let them go. But if you do, you are going to have to figure out how to replace them, how to patch the fraying fabric of our society. The internet, which is already thin slicing us into micro communities of the like-minded, is not gonna get you there. You may find you need something 
truly countercultural and challenging and face-to-face. You may find yourself seeking something odd, archaic, and even relevant. Amen. Okay, everybody. Well, thanks for listening to this week's sermon. And if you want more information about me or the church, you can always go to our website, holycrossnovi, that's N-O-V-I dot org. And in the meantime, have a blessed week, and you can find more sermons as we publish them in the same place you found this one. Take care. <laughs>